Iowa everywhere. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, boys, it's game day. Let's go. Let's go. Big game. Got a big game today. My package has arrived. Oh, sweet. Nice. Goal! Great win, fellas. What game's next? G-Men are having a great year. Let's go blue! Here we go. Primetime football. Texans, Dolphins. Let's do this. Yes! Review. Yes! Yes! Heartland flags. Every sport. Every team. Every flag. Every team? That's right. Fine, fine. I'll get a Washington flag, too. Find your flag and so much more with fast, free shipping. Heartlandflags.com. Every sport, every team, every flag. Almost. Loyal sons forever true. Go Cyclones. From the Channel Seed Studios, Nick Oson and Jake Brenz talk all things Big 12. This is Firmly Entrenched. Powered by Heartland Flags and Gifts. Every team, every sport, every flag. Almost. Here's Nick and Jake on Iowa Everywhere. Welcome into the Channel Seed Studios. I'm Jake Brand on Firmly Entrenched, presented by Heartland Flags and Gifts. Joined, as always, by my main man, Nick Osa. Nick, happy Thanksgiving week. How's it going? Jake, happy Thanksgiving week, man. It's It's been going really well. I've been looking forward to this show, as always, and you know, as you'll get to learn a little bit more here in a couple of minutes, I am a huge holiday person. So I'm excited to talk about our plans a little bit and start thinking about eating some great food soon. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into a Texas recap. We'll preview the Farmageddon, get into some Big 12 picks, and, and close with some actual meaningful basketball. But uh, I want to start, Nick, where does Thanksgiving rank for you in holidays? Yeah, so I think, Jake, growing up, it was probably – number three you know Christmas is number one for me and then I was always huge on Halloween you know I loved obviously as as a kid and maybe a little older no just you know dressing up getting the candy and all that kind of thing making it a competition uh with my siblings and things like that 
But now that we're a little bit past that, uh, I think it's number two. I mean, if if you're able to, you know, it's always great to spend some time with family. Obviously, an amazing sports week, which we're going to hit on a ton. And generally, really good food. So I would have that probably top two. What about you, man? Number one. Number okay. one. I, I love Thanksgiving. I guess I wouldn't say easily because I love Christmas also. But it, it's – I feel like – I'm so ready for this season in in uh, not Halloween. Thanksgiving just kicks it off. And then on top of all that, it's the sports week. Oh, I love the sports oh, week. So I, good. I, I stayed up till one in the morning watching Marquette UCLA last night. Fantastic game. Started the day by watching Drake Stephen F. Austin at noon. It's just, it's constant. And then. My Dallas Cowboys, America's team, plays every Thanksgiving. I can always look forward to that. What I time is it. that game this this year? It's the afternoon game, so I, I don't know if it's like 325 or 330, somewhere in that range. Okay. Washington, well, I, scary matchup. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, the Cowboys have been looking good. I, I know that, you know, I was pushing to talk about this stuff a little bit just because it it makes it fun. You know, it's a great time of year. I'm glad that – both of us think it's definitely not like an overrated holiday or anything like that. What are maybe I saw you having a little bit of fun on, on Twitter on X uh, with some of the Thanksgiving foods, just, you know, where do you kind of stand in terms of maybe a couple favorites and one that's definitely too overrated for you? Honestly, Thanksgiving is the only time that I'll eat Turkey. I, okay. I'm not the biggest Turkey guy, but if it's like, a Thanksgiving turkey, you know, it, it's pretty good. And and honestly, I like everything. <laughs> I'm not like ant. Okay, well, I'm anti one thing. I'm anti green bean casserole. That's, oh uh, no! Yeah, I know that's that's a hot take, but there's a lot of people on my side also. I just don't love it. Um, I just kind of load up on a lot of turkey, fruit salad, uh, mashed potatoes, stuffing. Not a big cranberry sauce guy either. It's all right. And then, I don't know, you just you just eat enough to where you feel like you're going to pass out and then you wake up and watch the Cowboys. It's uh, <laughs> and I, I got I've got two Thanksgiving dinners this year. I'm I'm in for I'm in for a I'm going to feel like Joey Chestnut. <laughs> so I guess it sounds like you you disagree similar to uh, I think when we were talking Halloween candies with with me a little bit, and I remember you guys were, uh, you and Vivi were tweeting at each other about kind of some of our favorites. Green bean casserole is her favorite thing that I make. I've oh, my bad. Couple, my bad, Vivi. My bad. <laughs> I've done a couple Thanksgiving meals. I'm kind of with you on turkey. Like, I'll enjoy it, but I, I probably don't eat kind of cooked turkey much really throughout the year. I'd say my two favorites at this point are probably my mom's stuffing kind of the the food that she uh, makes. That's one of the best things she does. And then the fruit salad, like you said, some of the, it's kind of a mix. What I have, it's like a fruit slash cranberry salad. It's not like a jello or anything like that. And yeah, I mean, it's going to be, this is a chance to be an all time Thanksgiving. It's going to be busy. I'll be Illinois celebration, Wisconsin celebration, then heading up to Minneapolis uh, for work to cover a rivalry game. But I, I think two great meals, 
lot of football. I'm, I'm really excited if you can't tell. <laughs> yeah, I've got the classic uh, on Wednesday night, meeting up with all my high school buddies and then just people uh-huh. watching all the all the people we graduated with or graduated 10 years before us that are all peaking in high school and whatever. That's, that's one of the, that's one of my favorite nights of the year. And then I, I have two different Thanksgivings on Thursday before heading over to Lincoln Thursday night for the Iowa Nebraska game on Friday. So your Hawks. Okay. Gotcha. It's uh, uh, excuse me. We've got, <laughs> we've got a loaded Thanksgiving weekend and, I mean, we didn't even mention the Iowa State basketball, so we'll we'll get to that later in the show. And we're going to start with probably just a, a shorter discussion on the Texas game this past Saturday, presented by Heartland Flags and Gifts, our great friends. And, I mean, Gifts, right in the name. It's that season. You've got any sports fan in your life uh, – a Heartland flag will make a great gift, whether no matter what team they're cheering for, where they are in the country, uh, you can go to their store, 3719 Southwest 9th Street, free shipping anywhere in the U.S., new products constantly, and of course, every team, every sport, they've even got Simpson College, did you see my, I finally added that helmet back there, it was kind of just, that looks awesome, it was kind of collecting dust, but uh, threw that up there, and Always thankful for Heartland Flags and Gifts for being the title sponsor of Firmly Entrenched. Iowa State loses 26-16 to to Texas, and unfortunately this, this game kind of went exactly how I feared. Domination in the trenches. You called it. But maybe not as much on the Texas offense slash Iowa State defense. Mm-hmm. Maybe not as much as we expected. But it was worse than I expected on the flip side. Uh, initial takeaway from from losing to Texas. Yeah, Jake, I, I think I want to, you know, I'm never short on credit on the show. I, I really do want to give you credit. I mean, I know we've had fun texting outside of the show as well. I mean, you did. You nailed it. I mean, I don't think I'd say here's my biggest takeaway. I don't think that Iowa State played that poorly. But the mistakes that were made or the lack of execution, obviously, in in one major spot that you hit on, kind of going against that defensive line. I mean, you have to be a bit more balanced or successful against a team like Texas. I know that though neither of us is is a huge Texas fan, I, I know that you're definitely not. I think we've both respected their capabilities for the most part this year. I know that you picked them. Uh, to win in that Bama game. I, I did not think that was coming. And now I was looking at some odds today, and they actually have, even though they're like seventh or sixth right now, they actually have the fifth best odds to make the playoffs. So I, I think it says to me a little bit more about Texas. I don't think it's a game that a bunch of Iowa State fans should be up in arms about. I, I don't think that they necessarily were either. Uh, but I, I just think at this point, everything else is almost gravy on top of what Iowa State has done. And that just would have been, I know, a, a hell of a way uh, to send the Longhorns out. Yeah, I, I'll i be the first to admit that I, I was wrong on, on Texas. Preseason, I, I said they had all, all the talent in the world, which is true. And what I said is that's been true for the last 15 years, but the culture has been a problem. It seems like Sark has, has turned that culture around. And 
you got to give credit to him. Uh, I'm not going to miss that program in the conference. I can say that for a fact, but uh, it seems like they're going to get the job done for the first time in 15 years. And with the, the injury to Jordan Travis at Florida State, who knows what happens there? Who knows what happens in the Pac-12 if Oregon State can knock off Oregon? Yeah. And maybe Washington drops a game. At, there's a path there to the playoff for Texas. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But they, uh, they've they got a tough one this Saturday against Texas Tech. For me, going back to Iowa State, I think if they played the exact same way they did on Saturday against Kansas, I think they would have beat Kansas. Which, going into the Texas game, everybody knew that Iowa State would have to play an A to an A-plus game mm-hmm. to win. And they just didn't. They played probably a B-minus, maybe C B-plus yeah. C plus type game with three, four too many mistakes. And those mistakes ended up being crucial, and they all kind of came at very inopportune times. The Rocco interception was when you were down six with all the momentum defense just got to stop the blocked PAT of course was was a four point swing completely changed the landscape of the game so it was a game that Iowa State didn't play great and they didn't win in the margins and you're not going to beat many teams while doing that and you're especially not going to beat the best team in the conference other than that I want to talk a little bit about the skill guys because that was one thing where the Iowa State skill positions didn't outplay Texas, but they were in the same ballpark, which I think just speaks volumes to the amount of potential that Iowa State has going into the future. I completely agree. You know, I I think that that was kind of an area there were a lot of comparisons. I think we even touched on it a little bit in kind of our preview that, yeah, Texas is loaded at some of those positions. And I think Iowa State, outside of maybe some of the the skill numbers at running back potentially, I think it was a, a clear match. I mean, we've talked about Ben Bramer a ton on this show. I know that he made some nice plays. I know this is going to lead a little bit into the future discussion. Obviously, Easton Dean won't still be there, but he had a beautiful – he had that beautiful long touchdown. Uh, Jaden Higgins, terrific. I think Jalen Knoll has had some big moments this year. And obviously Rocco, you know, I, I wrote this in here outside of the interception. I mean, he threw for 320, 330. Like, he's not only been one of the top freshmen quarterbacks in the nation, but he's been probably more of the one of the more consistent quarterbacks in the entire big 12 conference. And I think it's why there is and should be so much excitement for next season with the Cyclones. Yeah. It's you think they've got so many young guys as of right now, it looks like anywhere between 18 and 20 starters will be back depending on what happens with the transfer portal and all that stuff that's up in the air, but let's go on the low end and say they return 18 what we saw Saturday will probably be the worst that this core group of players will be over the next two or three seasons. And that's super encouraging knowing that if you clean up 
a missed field goal, blocked PAT, an interception, that's maybe an entirely different ball game, and you you beat Texas. And and I was impressed because they did belong on the same field as Texas, even though they clearly weren't the better team. And I think that is going to bode well going into this new Big 12 these next few seasons, especially with Matt Campbell at the helm. Now, I know you're you're obviously – you know, a media member first and foremost, and that's why we're doing this. But I will say, because we recorded, I think slightly before uh, last week when this came out, I was a little bit surprised that that Jared Hufford made some of those comments. I I think everything was kind of, you know, uh, healthy competition, excitement, you know, you're, you're trying to get people hyped up, except that egos part. I think it was the, They've got some egos that need to be checked. I just know that, you know, obviously I I wrote it. Did Texas win because of that statement? Of course not. It's one of the best teams in the country. But it was pretty clear that especially that defensive line had heard those comments. Obviously, Sark, you know, talked about it postgame. And I just don't think all of that needed to be said. Personally, I'm curious how you felt as obviously a local media member still, as well as a big cycles. Yeah, I would imagine that Matt Campbell didn't love that coming out. For me, as a media member, I like when these players and coaches actually speak their mind and don't just give cliche coach and player speak. So from that aspect, I appreciated it. My thing in football, I don't, I don't think that is too big of a deal in football, especially when Texas is playing for national championship, if they needed that to motivate them, that that's kind of pathetic. And I don't think they did need it. Right. And that's not what I'm saying either, but yeah, I think that's a bigger deal in basketball. Like if you come out and say that before a basketball game where like it genuinely kind of is all about will and obviously skill, but I didn't have too much of a problem with it at the time. After the game, after I think Hufford got pancaked, I was like, ah, yeah, that probably had a little bit to do with that. But I don't know. I, As a media member, I'd prefer players speak their mind on stuff like that. Oh, yeah, no, me, me too. I was just curious because, like I said, obviously the fan side of you, I remember I was out east, you know, when I when I just saw those comments. I think it was – another Iowa state, you know, media member tweeted it out. And I had to watch the video like to make sure that was legit because it just, it didn't seem like, I don't know, getting to know him a little bit that, that, that last part was going to be said, but yeah, it's not something that comes out of an Iowa state locker room that often. Exactly. Exactly. It was was definitely a little irregular. Well, do you want to move on to this Farmageddon that's coming up on Saturday? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. It's uh, the segment always presented by Steeple Ridge Bourbon. Anytime you enjoy it, you will enjoy it. But do it responsibly, please. It's a high-quality, delicious drinking bourbon. I like to put it on one big ice cube and just sip while I'm watching. Usually it's the late-night college football game. So that, that Iowa State-BYU game a couple weeks ago would have fit the mold. Maybe you'll take it over to Thanksgiving, have a little bit during your Cowboys game. Maybe. I, I do have to drive to Lincoln that night. So, <laughs> but, 
got to remember to enjoy it, especially responsibly. But if you can't find it at your favorite liquor or grocery store, just ask them. Tell them to get Steeple Ridge Bourbon by Lonely Oak Distillery, and they better get it there immediately. That, uh, that'd be malpractice if they didn't. So we've got the Farmageddon on Saturday, the longest continuous rivalry in college football. A lot of that for now. Yeah, for now. A lot of that you can thank the Pac-12 and Big Ten for canceling large parts of that 2020 season. A lot of rivalries weren't played that season. But this is a uh, rivalry game in my lifetime that was not competitive. Or Sorry. It was competitive, but it was uneven. There was a 10-11 year stretch where seemed like Iowa State was in every game and K-State pulled out every single game at the end until uh, until that 2018 game. This year, though, I think this is a bad matchup for Iowa State. It has, it has bad written all over it, especially if Malik Verdon's not playing, which it sounds like he won't. We've seen what that defense has looked like in the run game without Malik. It's a night game. A, like four night games in a row. Maybe that, maybe it helps that it's the fourth in a row. They've had experience kind of letting those nerves kind of settle and, and wait an entire day to play a football game. Personally, I, I've said it on the show before, it's, it's best to play a night, play a road game at 11 opposed to a night game. And then there's just, there's a, a lot of demons there. Some of the uh, most infuriating losses in Iowa State history have occurred at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. So to say Iowa State's got a tough hill to climb would be an understatement, but they're certainly capable of doing it. Nick, Nick what do you think about this game? Well, K-State can still technically make the conference championship game, right? Yes, I think they just need just. I think they need Oklahoma and Oklahoma State to lose, I believe. Okay, and obviously right. to win. So, yeah. yeah. I, I don't think uh, that they're going to get there. I, I think it's going to be, unfortunately, the matchup I predicted earlier, which we'll touch on in a bit. But honestly, even the optimist in me, Jake, it's hard to disagree. I mean, I feel like since we've come out, maybe it was like the second week in October, I feel like every week we've been impressed with this K-State team. Even even when they they almost blew – a game, but they still won it. And then even though they didn't quite get over the hump uh, against Texas, I mean, they won five out of six. I think that that offense is just humming right now in terms of what they're doing. I think that Howard's played some good football. Obviously we saw some, some great things from Avery Johnson a few weeks back. And I think the defense is doing enough. I, I don't think it's necessarily a unit that I'd be scared of if I'm an Iowa state fan. But I think this one is going to come down to the consistency of Iowa State's defense, specifically, like you mentioned, some of that secondary, because Kansas State has been moving the ball really well. You know that place is going to be pumped. Night game, like you mentioned, but even if it weren't, I mean, I know this is a massive game. It's very unfortunate. This rivalry isn't going to be every year forever like we had kind of very briefly touched on a couple weeks ago with Big 12 scheduling. And 
frankly, they're, they're just playing really good football. I think that Iowa State's playing good football, and I think the line is a little bit high, but it's going to be a, a tough one, and it's one that I'm going to be intrigued to hopefully watch some of Saturday night. Yeah, so thinking in, in my uh, recent memory, 2015, 17, and 19, I believe 15 was an 11 a.m. kick. 2017, I know, was a 2.30 kick. And then 2019 was a night game. All games, horrific and terrible in their own right. 2015, I mean, they had the game won. They, they did what, what Mario Cristobal did for Miami this year. And like they literally had the game won, fumbled, K-State wins, Paul Rhodes gets fired the next day. That was 2015? Yep, 2015. 2017, three picked up flags. Probably the biggest officiating controversy in Iowa State history. Not, not because of the stakes of that game, but just with how blatant these picked up pass interference calls were. And uh, that, game, that game was a 2.30 game because I remember going to an Iowa State basketball game that night against, I don't even know who it was, a team like Southern. And that was the most pissed off Hilton crowd that I've ever heard towards just a terrible basketball team. It was, it was like a vicious crowd because people were so angry. And then 2019, it was a night game where they go in and just get dominated physically. And that was before the Camping World Bowl where they then again got out physical by Notre Dame. And that's when Matt Campbell let go of his strength and conditioning coach. So that was three straight games in Manhattan that were just a nightmare. And then 2021, they actually went in there and just dominated them. That was a pretty mediocre K-State team, but Brees Hall opened the game with a 75-yard touchdown and and the rest was history. So I guess my, my point with all that is this has been quite the place to play for Iowa State. And what I want to talk about now, there's a slight hypothesis on Iowa State on the road opposed to at home. And I I do think a lot of this is due to competition. But in Big 12 play, Iowa State 2-2 and at home but really since they've turned the page on this season they they've come out flat in they've actually come out flat in all three first quarters since that oklahoma state game tcu that was like a 6-3 game at half i want to say something like that it it was, was a really low okay it, it was something like that or maybe after the first quarter it was a really ugly game obviously kansas Texas has been been recently and on the road Baylor, BYU, and Cincy, it was all just fast starts. So so maybe, just maybe there is something psychologically to this team where they're they're more ready to go, maybe less anxious playing on the road and can get out to a fast start. But obviously, I just named those three road teams, not exactly the cream of the crop. So I'll be expected to see if there's maybe a little more to that on Saturday, if Iowa State just gets the ball first, goes out and scores immediately, maybe there's something to that. So I'm I'm keeping an eye on that. I'm not putting any stock into that theory yet. But I, I do think it's interesting. Yeah. It is interesting. And I was even going to give you a little more credit on that because 
if I recall, I, I was no longer on the beat, but I believe the Oklahoma game was pretty back and forth that first. Oh, yeah, quarter, sorry, first quarter and a half. Yeah, they. I mean, they threw the pick six, but they they scored. There's like two or three touchdowns in a span of five minutes. Yeah, so. I think it was three of the first four possessions. So I, I agree. I do think competition had something to do with it, especially as we see more of like Baylor, who you've been on the money about since September. Cincy, terrible. So, you know, just, just kind of pushing back a little bit. But it, it really is interesting. And, again, I like I said, as we'll kind of transition into picks uh, shortly, I think that the line – is a little bit heavy, although based on kind of your your picks that we're going to touch on, it looks like people have been agreeing with me, and the line has actually gone down uh, for the Cyclones-Wildcats matchup, Armageddon, because I know it opened in the double digits. I know that for certain. This is a major opportunity for those trenches, Jake. Obviously, the offensive line to kind of provide more of a stable, uh, you know, holes and a run game for the offense K-State's solid up front. They're not Texas on the defensive line, so you would hope for that. And then again, just I, I personally think for Iowa State to win this game, it's got to fall on the defense, in my eyes. Yeah, and I'm – I just don't feel great about it just from an outside perspective. I know uh, Dub has touched on this on a, on a couple different podcasts this week, but – the physicality of that Texas game can definitely wear on a team going into next week. Combine all of that with a defense that has struggled without Malik Verdon. I think it could be against a team like K-State that, that really runs the ball well and historically has always run the ball well. But last season, I mean, Deuce Vaughn was averaging – I don't remember the exact yards per game, but it, it was over 100. And Iowa State bottled him up to like 20, 25 yards in that, in that game at Jack Trace Stadium. So they've proven before that they can stop the run against Kansas State. And if they go out and do that on Saturday, my opinion of that game changes so much. But I do think that they're, they're just going to have a tougher time with that on Saturday, especially with the game being in Manhattan. Yeah. Yeah. I think I totally agree. I remember that game, you know, the defense really made things tough on, on Vaughn and honestly pitched a, a near perfect game that obviously could have won, but it'll be interesting. So you'll be able to tune into that one probably while you're working. I, I know that you're working the Iowa game Friday. Yeah. I'll, I'll be anchoring on, on Saturday night. So I'll, uh, I'll be tuned in and honestly should have all my work done before that game. So I'll be able to to watch most of it in its entirety and six thirty kick seven seven on Fox another primetime game so I'll I'll be locked into the group chat with me you Nate Shieldhouse Burner Aiden Matias we'll have we'll have some good old fashioned fun in there again I'm sure there will be no nerves for you at that point no no not none at all let's uh let's take a flight out to Circus Sports Iowa and let's go to our Big Twelve picks they've got. The highest limits, the lowest holds, the best odds. Download the app today on the App Store. Go to circusports.com. Get you some good odds. Like they genuinely just, these newer, you know, corporate sports books, they've taken away the juice. Like a, 
a three and a half point underdog used to be like up in that plus 150 range if you wanted to get them as an underdog. Now it's like plus 120. Circus Sports doesn't do that. They don't screw you like that. So uh, if you're betting some underdogs, I mean, if you're betting at all, go to Circus Sports IO. But especially if you're wanting to get maybe a, a Thanksgiving underdog, maybe you like the Packers over the Lions, go do it at Circus Sports Iowa. As always, they are presenting our betting the Big 12 segment. I'm coming off of a 3-0 week, baby. I'm I'm getting wow. hot. Wow. I'm I'm I knew... <clears throat> I knew it was a good week because I remember. Obviously, we were texting and stuff. I didn't know three and zero. Yeah, I'm. You're, I'm you're getting, catching up to me. I'm getting close to five hundred again. I've, and maybe it's not just college football. I've been, I've been red hot across everything lately. So this might be the week to fade me because uh, NBA. It's it's been a fun start. I'll I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> So uh, Nick, it, you had a two and one week, so you're 17 and 16. I'm 17, 21 and one. So uh, I'm probably not going to get to 500, but you know, I'm about to pay the fee. You know, pay 10. You might. We'll have a little fun with the championship game weekend for sure. Yeah. So you might. You know, you might. you pay the house a 10 percent fee. I had fun. That's at the end <laughs> of the day. That's all that matters. So. I'm going to start with TCU at Oklahoma. We've got a Black Friday game. Won't be able to watch a second of this one. I believe it's 11 a.m. during that Iowa-Nebraska game. I'm taking OU minus 10.5. They kind of got embarrassed. I know they won that game in Provo, but that was embarrassing. (laughs) I don't think that they're going to handle that well. This is a must-win for them if they want their Big 12 title hopes to stay alive. TCU. Are they winning in? You know, they need an Oklahoma State loss. Okay. And don't quote me on any of this. I probably should have pulled up the scenarios, but they were so confusing. But I believe it's Oklahoma State win and they're in. Okay. Because they own, they own the tiebreaker over Tiebreak, got you. So I'm taking OU minus 10.5. They need this to stay alive. But the status of Dylan Gabriel is up in the air. So this pick could look really dumb in a couple days. But TCU, not good. OU, eh, they're all right. Yeah, I think, yeah, they're all right. They're pretty good. Uh, man, that really is impressive. If you're indeed correct about, about Oklahoma State, which I believe you are, because obviously Oklahoma State has three losses, but one was a non-con to, to South Alabama. So correct. I think you're exactly right. Uh, I guess I might as well start with that one, then I'll, I'll hit on my second one. Uh, we got the same pick, and normally I, I think we've had this, I, I want to say four times, and I think we've gone three and one. So not a bad thing. I, I completely agree. I mean, they, they're, they're going to do everything they can to make the title game. Yeah, not a great effort in Provo. They did not look, you know, super smooth. TCU. You were giving yourself a little little credit earlier uh, with some picks. I'll I'll give a little pat. Neither of us is super high on this team, and they have been just really poor all year. Uh, I I like the Sooners to cover that double digit spread, and I'm going to toss it back to you with with mentioning my second one briefly, just because it's the same type of thinking. Texas at home, minus twelve and a half. Now, I didn't realize quite how good of odds they still have to get to the college football playoff until about an hour before we recorded the show. Of course, I followed the rankings and I've been high on them, you know, really all year. But 
Vegas odds, one of my my colleagues at 247 just put out a graphic with CBS that even though they're ranked seventh, they have the fifth best odds to get to that college football playoff. And, and they're not kind of behind any surprises. So essentially, it just kind of seems like in this type of stuff, Jake, in this world, like you mentioned, all the kind of crazy scenarios for Big 12, I feel like if Texas wins this week and then they're going to beat whoever they play in the Big 12 championship, I'll say that, I think they find their way in personally. That That's my pick this week. See, I I didn't pick it, but I thought about Texas Tech 12 and a half. Just because of how Texas hasn't really closed games well lately. And it's the same thinking as last week where Tech has nothing, nothing to lose. They got bowl eligible last week. They hate Texas in that state. They yeah. hate them. And Tech has played spoiler for them a lot over the last decade. So... I'm not going to play it, but I don't know. I'm, I'm a little skeptical skeptical about that one. I think Texas wins, but Tech might make the Longhorns sweat a little bit. Which make it make, sweat? Yeah, that that make me See happy. My, my next game, I've been uh, I've been pretty good about this the last month, just blindly fading Baylor. I'm taking West Virginia on the road. I'm taking the eight and a half points. I don't care. Read what Baylor. you wrote. Read what you wrote. That made me laugh. Baylor has quit. In all caps. <laughs> They're done. They don't want to be there. They didn't want to be there last week in the blue bonnet. Stupid, whatever game you want to call that. I don't care. If you can't wake up for that game, they're not waking up for Neil Brown coming into town. Give me give me the Mountaineers. I might alternate this one to like minus 13 and a half. Get some, get some juice. I like Jake before he, he kind of gets all his caffeine, man. You got a little... uh. Little bite to you on the outside today. I, I like kind of hearing these picks. You want to hit your next one, and then I'll, I'll do my third. Yeah, why not? I'm uh, I'm taking nine and a half points for K State. I uh, Hawkeye Jake. I this is just not a good spot for Iowa State. This might be one where it gets away from them a little bit in that second quarter, and uh, again, tough place to play. I've already touched on it. My score prediction, I'm going to go K-State 33, Iowa State 20. Dang. Okay. I mean, your, your reasoning for K-State, prove, obviously. Prove me wrong. It's made a lot prove of sense. Prove me wrong. And like I said, this spread, I'm not jumping, you know, kind of at you disagreeing as much as I would have. Because this game opened at, I think it was 12. I know it was at least 11 and a half. I saw 14 once. Okay. Wow. I, I never saw that. But, again, so people are betting. The opposite of photoshopped. what you're doing, but but that makes it a little easier for you at this point to take K-State. I wouldn't play it, but I understand where you're coming from and, and getting to know you pretty dang well since the summer. There might be a little bit of an emotional hedge in no. there as well. No, there's not, I swear. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've got for my last pick, I feel Probably best about Oklahoma, but pretty good on this one. Hope, hoping to stay above 500. I've got KU minus six and a half at Cincy. Tough home loss last week for the Jayhawks. I think we both can really be impressed by what they've shown in terms of fight, consistency, always keeping things close with some of the injuries. Uh, you know, it's been a good year for them. I, I believe they're seven and four. And Cincinnati is just 
been terrible. And it's yeah. not like me to to say that, but they've really, really struggled, man. I've got I've got the Jayhawks and I've got them pretty comfortably. I like this play and I may actually play it outside of our show as well. So before we move into basketball, I just thought of this and it's uh it's probably one of my favorite Jack Trice stories ever. So the 2018 season, this would have been Brock Purdy's freshman year. <laughs> the Iowa State Athletic Department gave Wide Right Natty Light a football credential, which uh <laughs> you know you know Wide Right Natty Light. Yeah, That's uh yeah. it's a professional establishment. <laughs> and here I am, this senior in high school. I'm up in the press box for every home game that season. Oh, wow. I did not know this. And I'm not a professional at this point, obviously. I, so I think I would just wear like an Iowa State sweatshirt or, you know, I just, I'd sit up there. I'd, I'd live tweet essentially and I'd, I'd write the game recap. And they sent me up there because. I was the youngest one and all the other guys were hammered all day. So they couldn't. Go the <laughs> so it was a win-win because I wanted to be this professional journalist. So I got a taste of what the press conferences were like and all, and all that good stuff. So fast forward to the K-State game, 2018. Iowa State goes down 38-21 on senior day. Mike Rose gets a strip sack to either cut it to 10 or cut it to three, one or the other. I can't remember. But as you know, the number one rule of a press box is no cheering. No cheering no matter what. And here I am, this high school, obviously diehard Iowa State fan. I knew this rule. I, I abided by it the whole year. I'm like, I can't contain myself. So I pack up all my stuff. I leave the press box and I go and watch the last like five minutes of it with my family in the stands. It took me five minutes to lose my voice. <laughs> so I'm just going nuts. You witness an Iowa State comeback beating Bill Snyder in his final game. It ended a 10, 11 year losing streak to K state. It was amazing. And then I ended up in the post game press conference after, and I'm like, looking back on it, I'm like, yeah, huh? Probably wasn't very professional, but <laughs> I, was also, it, man. I was also a senior in high school with a press pass, so um, wouldn't have trade. I wouldn't trade that experience for anything in the world because that. Uh, looking back on it, man, what a night! Absolutely worth it. I mean, it certainly didn't hurt you in the long run. You got to experience that. <laughs> and why do I natty light? I I don't think that they would have gotten too upset with you after either. No. I, I don't think so. Matias was probably too drunk to even know what happened. If I know Matias, but uh, let's move into some basketball. Finally, real competition, right here in the Channel Seed Studios. Iowa State heading down to the ESPN Events Invitational in Orlando, Iowa, everywhere. And Cyclone Fanatics, Chris Williams, on the call in the Cyclone Radio Network. Start things off with VCU on Thursday. VCU, 
took a tough loss early in the season to uh, – man, I should have written it down. Do, do you know, Nick, it was a it was a bad team. So I don't know exactly what to expect from VCU. They've won three in a row. But uh, I guess going into this tournament, what are your realistic expectations going into Orlando? Yeah, so I, I think really regardless of how well VCU is playing, the, the line isn't out yet, but Iowa State will, of course, be favored. I think my expectations for this team would be to comfortably win that first game. And then I, I believe that the most likely matchup based on how some of these teams look would be Iowa State against Texas A&M in kind of that that next one, like the the championship type thing. Yeah, so it would be if they win on Thursday, they'll play the winner of Virginia Tech-Boise State in the semifinals on Friday. And then, yeah, again, I like the matchup for Iowa State in either one of those. So personally, I think realistically it's getting to that title game. I, I think totally that, agree. Yeah, I, I figured – you know, that you would. I mean, I, I think we both think this team is deserving to be ranked right now. Uh, and they're getting close. I, I think they probably will be soon. So that's nothing crazy uh, to say. I, I do still think at times, you know, you got to look at, at who they have been playing. But again, like you said, that's what makes this so intriguing is because we get to see some of that real competition. So I personally think getting to the title game and then, yeah, I believe the likely matchup would be AM or FAU uh, in that championship. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that's what it would be. And I know that you are very excited uh, to see them taking on some, some pretty big time power five, power six competition as well. Now, Yeah. I'm just, I'm intrigued to see what the offense looks like in a five point game with five minutes to go. Because we haven't gotten to see that yet. As we know, basketball changes when, when things get tense, when, when the game's on the line. And this Iowa State offense is, is drastically improved from the first two years of the Otzelberger era. But we have not seen it against a good team yet. I think they've got the guys. I totally think they've got the guys. They've got the shot makers. And the defense has, uh, if it hasn't gotten better, it certainly hasn't taken a step back. So I, I'm, I'm very excited to see. And, and I'm with you. I, I think the expectation should be making the championship. I, I personally would like their odds in that championship. wouldn't say I love their odds, but you'd play a team that is probably on an equal level to you assuming that's either A&M or FAU. So it'll be exciting to see. And I don't know, man, I love this week. College basketball, you got NFL on Thursday. I'm not watching NFL on Friday. That's stupid. I'm so sick of the NFL taking over every stupid holiday. I'm not watching them on Christmas either. That's for the NBA. It is. It pisses me off. I'll watch watch both on Christmas. I'm with you on Friday. But, Jake, you're getting me a little too hyped, man. I still got probably 20-ish hours of work to do or so before I can really enjoy. Um, But I'm with you, man. And, again, get that group chat rolling. 
you know, I've been loving our, our back and forth within this. And I wish you and all our incredible listeners and, of course, our great producer, Mr. Wyatt, who's busy cranking behind the scenes right now, the best Thanksgiving weekend yet. Oh, totally. And uh, I want to thank all of our listeners. If if you're feeling thankful for the Firmly Entrenched podcast, leave a review wherever you listen. Give it five stars. Recommend it. That goes a long way. Like on YouTube if you're if you're watching there. But as always, have a great Thanksgiving week. Watch a lot of sports, eat a lot of food, and drink some Steeple Ridge bourbon. We'll see you next week. Iowa everywhere.